So hi, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast, although today I'm actually one-on-two, I guess. Uh, I'm with uh, Chris Golick, who's CEO and founder of DemandBase, and Alan Fletcher, who's formerly CEO and co-founder of Spiderbook, which DemandBase recently acquired. Welcome to both of you. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Uh, I thought we'd just set off by setting the scene, in case any of our readers aren't fully familiar with DemandBase. Interesting work in the B2B space. Perhaps, Chris, you could tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Uh, So, thanks for having us. Uh, uh, As uh, Kim said, my name is Chris Skolik, and uh, Demandbase is a marketing technology company, and we're focused exclusively on business-to-business marketing with solutions that range from advertising to website personalization, A-B testing all the way through to um, connections into your CRM system, so that you can market to the companies your sales team wants to sell to across the web, bring them to your website, and uh, turn that engagement into sales activity. Now, one of the things we're going to talk about today is very interesting uh, new development. But to set the scene for that, I think, first of all, we need to talk a little bit about account-based marketing. Again, I think our audience is pretty familiar with the concept. But that's very much what you're focused on. What, to you, is account-based marketing? Yeah, so being a... In a former sales guy from 20 years ago, it's it's all about aligning your marketing and your programs around the accounts your sales team is trying to sell into and close or uh, grow and retain. And uh, so 20 years ago, is always done very analog, very like piecemeal. And today, account-based marketing, there's, there's so many new technologies available that you can do it at scale. So instead of focused on 10 accounts, now you can do it to 1,000 or 10,000 accounts. And one thing which interests me about it, which I've been learning about really over the last few months, is a kind of proactive aspect to it, which is that if you're doing this at scale, it enables you not only to follow the accounts of your existing customers, but to go out there and using uh, new, new ideas like firm, firmographics, that kind of thing, to find lookalike companies and new prospects. Yeah, you know, it's inter- that's a uh, wonderful lead-in. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you set me up for it, but um, so we most companies do that, right? They look at companies we've sold to. We're going to sell to more companies this size, this industry, and go expand. And that's kind of the, the simple approach uh, and the way it's always been done. Um, we heard from our customer uh, about six months ago that they were using this company called Spiderbuck mm-hmm. to go out and identify who should they be marketing to or who should we be selling to. And uh, we had tried a lot of the various predictive tools that are out there that are mostly lookalike type models. And um, we started using Spiderbook for our own marketing purposes. And we were really amazed at how well it identified companies in market for account-based marketing. So it went way beyond what industry and revenue and looked at insights, intent, interests, and uh, very, very... um, uh, well, it was very incredible at how I was able to uncover companies that were in market for account-based marketing solutions. In fact, right. they came to us, this was pre-acquisition, with 200 companies we should go sell to, and 100 of them were in our pipeline. Wow. Beyond that, here are the people you should talk to. They were the people we were talking to. <laughs> and here's what you should say to them. So it was like it was kept on uh, uncovering new things that our SDR team didn't know. Okay. And... Uh, it was just an opportune time to like 
add it to our portfolio because it was the thing, the missing link for a lot of our customers. Who should I go market to? Okay. Alan, maybe you want to jump in here. Tell me a little bit about the Spiderbook solution and you know, what, what it does. Sure. Yeah, so, so Spiderbook, um, we founded Spiderbook um, about three years ago right, with the real goal of trying to, to do what really good salespeople were doing, right, but do it at massive scale. Right? So leveraging the huge amount of data that was becoming readily available about your prospects, about the people at those prospects, um, which you know a diligent salesperson is trying to read. They're trying to read press releases. They're trying to read SEC filings. Mm-hmm. But it's only the top reps at the top companies that, that have the skills and the resources to be able to do this level of account intelligence. Right? So, so what we've done, me and my co-founder, we basically said there's enough data, there's enough technology, there's enough infrastructure available that we can read all of that. The machines can now read, find, understand, and structure kind of the, the business network, the business graph that is out there that maps the relationships between your company, your customers, your partners, your competitors, who's doing business with who, and read that at mass, massive scale, structure that, and then present that um, using AI technology to the sales team um, as really a fully fleshed-out account plan. Right? So you right. take what... You know, the best people at the best companies were doing by hand at massive costs and really scale it across the whole sales funnel. And as I understand it, you're consuming, you were consuming enormous amounts of data. I note 400 terabytes of unstructured data every week. Uh, yeah, like yeah, so we're basically reading the entire internet. Right? <laughs> um, you know, when we started, you know, there was a, uh, there's various other companies trying to you know, read unstructured information and yeah. structure it. But almost all of those were starting with kind of a preset list of sites. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, where, where, are, you know, where on the Internet are people talking about you know, different industries? It varies, and there's yeah. always new places coming up. So we said we're not going to have a directed list we're going to go for. We just read the entire Internet, um, throw away all the stuff which is you know, not business-related, yeah. right? F- uh, siphon that down into the business Internet, and then... St- structure out all the relationships between companies. As long as you don't actually print it out. We don't print much. Now that, that brings us, I think, uh, to um, something which, at the time this podcast is published, you will just have announced, which is something called Demand Graph. And this, I'm going to ask you to talk me through it, but as I understand it, this brings artificial intelligence. Now, We've been talking about account-based marketing and artificial intelligence a lot on DMN, and this is bringing them together. And I think it's going to help me to understand how you can take account of all this unstructured data at such huge scale. So, one of you wants to jump in and talk me through it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll introduce it and turn it over to Alan since okay. he's a lot more in depth on this. But like, if you think about um, artificial intelligence, a lot of the news, most of it's been applied to your CRM data or data that you're sitting on inside your four walls. Right. So think about applying the intelligence and machine learning to data that's about your customers or accounts on your web traffic, much bigger data set, and then go outside the four walls to the Internet and look at what are those accounts doing. And when you start looking at who do they do business with, who, who are their vendors, who are their customers, what are they talking about, what are their interests, when you start applying it there, you, and you combine it with what's inside your four walls, that's where you have much more scalable information around, like, who should I be doing business with okay. and when. So. Yeah, well, there's the challenge, of course, of training the machine learning mm-hmm. and 
I mean, you can but, tell me more about that. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the the challenge with with you know, the, you know processing these massive amounts of data is you know is is making it actionable. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, so as we were talking about reading this massive amount of information, the dem- the demand graph, you know, the simplest way to think about it is, it's the network of relationships between companies. Right. So, um, for, for for every for every B two B company in the world. Who are their suppliers? Who are their customers? Who are their partners? Who do they yeah. compete with? Um, who, who are their investors? Um, who are they in litigation with? And uh, just mapping that that network, just like on Facebook, you have a network of friends. Right. There's a network between companies. Right? And what we found is that network of um, business relationships is highly predictive of future business relationships. In fact, it's it's you know if you if you do the if you do the sort of the mathematical analysis. Business relationships are actually twenty times more predictive than social relationships, right. Right? and and it, and it makes sense, right? You can go onto Facebook, friend someone like that. It's a very low cost transaction, yeah. right? But a business relationship, you know, lawyers are involved, right? Contracts are drawn up. It's much more deliberate, right? So if you can truly map and understand those business relationships, you can then say, well, does this new potential business relationship make sense? Yes. Right? So you can you, know, you could use that to predict. Acquisitions, investments, um, potential partnerships. You know, right now we're focused very much around predicting your next customer. Right? And as Chris says, it's more than just firmographics. It's more than just you sell to mid-sized banks. Here's another mid-sized bank. Right? But it actually looks at the the culture of the business that you're, you're the businesses that you've sold to in the past. Right? Do they do business with startups? Do they do they only like to do business with established companies? You know, do they do they typically sell to people that have involved McKinsey? Right. There's, a, there's a bunch of signals which might not be directly related to you and your products, but they are kind of you know, something that it's a digital footprint yeah. of your customers, right? And, and the machine can understand those and identify those and then find new companies which are a match. And then once you start going into those companies, well, who are the right people? If you're, if you're selling to a Fortune 500 company, there's probably a thousand people that could be part of, you know, you know potentially part of your sales cycle. Which are the half dozen that are going to care about your products, that are going to care about the services that you offer? And, and what are their business issues, right? So understanding the people who are going to be the buying committee, the influencers, yeah. and what are their objectives so that you can position your products to their pain points rather than just selling your traditional marketing value. And the amazing thing about all this to me is that it's not a question of uh, an informed marketer sitting down with this information at a desk and looking at it and trying to figure out what the company does. You've got machines doing this and presu- because you're doing it at such scale and presumably a process whereby feedback from the results improve the way the machines do it. Exactly. That's, that's, that's a great point, right? Um, you know, all, all, of, all of these um, AI or machine learning-based systems, they... They need feedback in order to refine the model, right? So yeah. it's an iterative model. Well, we start by building kind of a profile of you, you know, who are your current customers, what do you sell, you know, what markets are you in, how do you position your products, who do you sell to? And then we use that to start servicing new recommendations. But as you engage with those people, with those customers, the feedback from that refines the model, right? right? So it narrows in. You start with something fairly loose and it narrows in. And over time, it becomes really very, very targeted. Yeah. Very exciting. Now, AI has been in the news a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, how much do you see this being a reality which is going to affect marketing, especially on the technology side, how people do it? I mean, is, is AI something we're going to see more and more of? I think we're going to see a lot more of it. In fact, uh, you know, admittedly, when we 
acquired Spiderbuck, we are looking at it for this specific product versus product purpose of helping our customers find companies in market to go sell to, right? And then we, as we looked at it, it was like, wow, this could be applied to all of our products. Like, how do we do? How do we apply artificial intelligence to website personalization in real time? Mm, yeah. How do we apply it to CRM, which you're starting to see in Einstein and mm-hmm. other announcements? Um, but it, it's uh, it's a it's much more of a platform approach that extends across all of our products, not just the front end of who should I go market to. Okay. And I was interested in, in the market for this because I guess there are some companies out there who have a very limited number of uh, prospects. So what kind of, uh, what kind of clients are you looking to, to be interested in, in what you can do with this? You know, uh, it's a great question because uh, we were introduced uh, to Spiderbuck through our customers. They were like, they came to us and said, "Hey, we, we're using this great tool called like Spiderbug, and it helps us find which customers we should go advertise to because the signals are they're in market for our products and services." So uh, it's very different, but very similar to like search, right? Yeah. You're looking for people typing words to try and discover that interest. That information is already out there about the companies and they're in market, yeah. right? Don't wait for somebody to type in the words, but you can go find it from the companies that you have a chance of selling. So if uh, you're Barracuda Networks and you're looking for people looking, searching for load balancers, um, don't confuse it with people looking for washing machine parts, <laughs> right? Right. And so this does that at scale massively for people that may have searched yesterday or a week ago or a month ago. And so I think it has great uh, and amazing accessibility across the whole marketing ecosystem. Okay, so medium to, to large enterprises primarily? Generally, that's who we sell to, but mm-hmm. I think it, it does apply to all businesses. Right. And if you think about, you know, the business-to-business commerce network in the U.S. is about $1 trillion in total, mm-hmm. $35 billion spent on marketing, but it has enormous impact across that whole commerce transaction. Got it. And just to sum up, I, I was taking some notes of the kind of data which your your mining, uh, I've got unstructured data like SEC filings and company reports. Um, there's the IP address mapping, proprietary technology for that. Uh, corporate hierarchies, including not just in-house, but also relationships with customers and partners, which Alan, you touched on. And the whole digital footprint um, web traffic, all that kind of thing. One thing I didn't see that I just wondered, uh, is social media part of this? So, yes, yeah, so, so social media is included. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to the extent where people are using social media to talk about business, which is becoming more common, we'll find that as well. And that just pull, that's just pulled in and added into the graph. So, so if a potential customer of yours is, is posting something on LinkedIn about, about their job or about right. their role, we'll find that. Or if it's on Twitter or if it's on Facebook, right, which is, again, becoming more common. Okay, okay. Well, um, that's a great introduction to Demand Graph. I'm just curious, are you in New York for Advertising Week or for other fun stuff? Um, for a lot of reasons, right? Yeah. Customers, we have a big office here that's, I think, tripled in size in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. So we're here. We're here for Ad Week, customers, and Okay, well, thank you very much for spending the time to join us. Uh, This is Kim Davis. Thank you for listening to this two-on-one podcast. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank you.